This is what I believe God wants for the church today to hear this message that we may be shaken, but we are not forsaken. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come to you today. I ask the Lord you help me to preach, to share what it is, God, you've given me for this church for this hour. Let every home, every family, every individual be encouraged this morning. Let us leave here, God, with assurance that you go with us, that you go before us, that you, Lord, are doing the work, oh God, that we have not been forsaken. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, amen. Give somebody an air handshake from across the room, and you can be seated. Joshua here tells, is told by Moses that he is to go. And he's told in front of all of Israel that he must go. And the people that he must go with to the promised land were the very same people that he had been with and observed and watched. The, the people that murmured and the people that complained and the people that were supposed to be God's chosen. Oh boy, church. I pastor a long way, so I get to make a mess, and I can leave it for your pastor. But doesn't it seem so true that in the church family, it seems like that's, that's, we're just like the Israelites. We're, we're headed somewhere, but we get distracted with all the problems, with all the worry, and all that goes on in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages. And we get all shook up, and we get all distracted by the mess of life. Pastor, what are you thinking building a church in the middle of COVID? Well, God goes before us. Pastor, what are you thinking doing this and doing that? I, come on, I, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know you all love your pastor. You never murmur. You never complain. He's given me the notes this morning. That's not true, Lord, forgive me. You want me to go with the complaining, the, this ungrateful people, Moses? What are you thinking, Moses? Have you not been paying attention, Moses? You're up on the mountain, get a hold of God, and they're melting their jewelry to build a golden calf. What's wrong with you, Moses? So I hope you got that pictured this morning. Now let's fast forward to the book of Acts. And we go to the book of Acts and we find God's people in a, a bit of a different situation. We find them in a prayer meeting. And they're praying for boldness to speak the word of God. And the place where they were praying was literally shaken. So this morning, and I just realized the clock I put in front of me is an alarm, not the time. Time has not moved since I've been up here, so we're really in trouble this morning. That was spiritual. But I want you to grab hold of the, the picture of Moses and Joshua there and how, how, what, what it must have felt like where he's being told, you got to keep going. You got to keep leading. You got to go where I'm telling you to go. You got to come along with God's people. <laughs> 
going to make sense in a minute, I hope. This morning, I want to preach this message, shaken but not forsaken, and hopefully we'll get there in the next two or three hours. But it is my prayer that something would be stirred up in our hearts and in our minds and in our soul, in our spirit this morning that says, Lord, give me what they had in that room that was shaken. Lord, birth in my spirit something that says, I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to where I came from. But God, I want to go to Jerusalem and Lord, my world might be shaken. I might feel like it's all falling apart. But God, you are still on the throne. You are still in control. You still lead my path. Uh, they turned their known world upside down for Jesus Christ. It started and it was birthed in a prayer room that was literally shaken. They go from the history that we read about with Moses. I don't know. I, I don't understand God. I don't pretend to understand God. I don't understand how God chose a people. <laughs> I'm sorry the Israelites are a mess. They backslide often. Read your Bible, the preachers in the book. And God says, that's my chosen people. You're sitting here this morning thinking I'm not qualified. I keep messing up. I'm not where I know I need to be. I am not yet ready. Can I just help you this morning to understand? There's nothing new under the sun that is not new to God. Your particular situation doesn't catch him off guard. He's seen it all along the way, but he has still called you. He has still put his hand on you. He still desires to use you. You may be shaken, but let me tell you this morning, he has not forsaken you. This morning, I hope you hear it. They were intentional in their pursuit of Holy Ghost boldness. What would happen, Pastor, if our churches were full of people that were intentional in their pursuit of Holy Ghost boldness? Not the boldness that my son mentioned when he began the service of getting out of the car and giving a handwritten invitation to the driver in front of him to go. That would take some boldness or ignorance. Look at it however you want. But some Holy Ghost boldness that says, I am not perfect. I don't have it all together. 
I don't have it all figured out. But I was in a prayer meeting one day, and the place was shaken. I was in a church, in a gym one day, and the place was shaken. And something stirred up in me and said, I don't understand why. I don't understand how. But I feel God saying, go. Do what I've called you to do. They wanted to be bold in him. I want to ask you, friend, this morning, what is your intent this morning? What is your intent in him this morning? Are you here just to appease a family member? Are you here just to make somebody happy? Are you here just because you know it's a good thing to go to church? Are you here just because you know you're not living the way you should and you're just hoping by all hope within you that God is going to let you slide on into heaven? What's your intent? I've come to tell you your life might be shaken. Your world might be shaken. Your finance might be shaken. Your walk with God might even be shaken. But you are most certainly not forsaken. He never left the children of Israel. He didn't leave them in the prayer room that day. Jesus had been crucified. Their Messiah had been crucified. They had heard he was resurrected, but here they are living. They, they, they say, well, we know what was preached to us. We, we know what was said about him rising from the grave. Oh, but when you experience firsthand, the shaking, the breaking, when you experience firsthand God doing a work in your life, when you experience firsthand God calling you out. Hmm. Consider the contrast between Egypt and Canaan land. Egypt was full of darkness and ignorance of God. But Canaan land was full of revelation and light. Oh, God's going to help somebody here. I believe it. Egypt is a place of confinement and limitation. Let me, let me, let me slow down. Egypt's where they came from. Canaan is where they were going to. In Egypt, people only hear of God's promises. But in Canaan, they experience firsthand God's promises. In Egypt, is humiliation and shame. But in Canaan is a place of dominion and mastery. I don't know how you feel about it, church. I don't know the refuge, what you're thinking. But I'm thinking, I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back from where I came. I'm headed to Canaan land. In Egypt, they have no voice. What they say does not matter. They were slaves. But in Canaan, they have a voice that is respected on earth and in heaven. I only got 150 of these. Some of you get it. Some of you are figuring out this guy. 
go back to Egypt. My world might be shaken. It might be a mess. I might be an imperfect father. I might be an imperfect husband. I am most definitely an imperfect pastor. I may be an imperfect leader, but I am not going back to Egypt. I'm not going from where I came. I am headed to Canaan land. I may be shaken, but I am not forsaken. Egypt is a place of conflict that I don't want to go back to. But Canaan is a place of peace and harmony that I want to live forever in. Let me take a little liberty this morning to consider the story from a different angle that can be related to us today. This world is full of darkness and ignorance of God. But the church is a land of revelation and light. This world is a place of confinement and limitation. But the church is a place of no limits and growth. This world has people that only hear of God's promises. But in the church, they have experienced firsthand God's promises. Oh, have you experienced the promises of God? Oh, I hope you're thanking God for COVID right now because I'd be off here moving around spitting on everybody. I am grateful for the promises of God. This world, this world, they have no voice in this world. They say it does not matter, but the church, they have a voice that is respected in heaven and in earth. You say, well, that's not true. The world doesn't respect my voice. Oh, when it's birthed in a prayer room, when the foundations are shaken, when they come to you with their sick, when they come to you needing a miracle, and you begin to speak faith, and you begin to speak grace, and you begin to speak the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, let me tell you something. This world wants what you have. This world is a place of conflict, but the church is a place of harmony and peace. This world is a place of doom and gloom, but the church is a place of boom. It's a place where things are happening. It's a place where I get deliverance. It's a place where I feel joy and peace. Oh, they would have never heard. They would have never had their Canaan land experience if they would have never left Egypt. felt very strongly while we were worshiping and we were singing that song about being gracefully broken. There's times that my brokenness is not so graceful. When in my humanity, I am just falling apart. But oh, when I'm in the presence of the Almighty God, and I feel the brokenness that I can only feel in Him. The grace of God 
that is so sufficient. I could never experience that if I had never left Egypt. I feel the presence of God. I've got a lot of notes to go, but it probably won't happen. What a unique time we live in. You hear it all the time in the church world right now. But I look down, I see these boxes, and I see chairs and boxes, and I assume this is households sitting together. And I thought as we're worshiping, Lord, that's what we need in this day. We need the foundation of an altar. And we need an altar built up in every home, in every family. We need every family to know what it feels like to be gracefully broken. To know that times are rough and moms and dads that don't know how they're going to pay the next bill. But not at each other's throats and not in discord and marriages not falling apart. Just gracefully broken. They would have never left their Egypt had their world not been shaken. Plague after plague comes. The death angel on his way. But they had not been forsaken. Their world was being shaken. But their God had not forsaken I hope you hear it. I hope the redundancy is starting to take root in your spirit. You, my friend, are not forsaken. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He, oh, hear the word of God, He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. You are not forsaken. Join her.
novelist Dr. A. Cronin was a practicing physician. He was in a small Welsh mining community and he had a particular nurse that he observed working and she was a hard worker and she gave so much of herself to others. And he knew that she received very little compensation for all that she did. She served with competence and patience and cheerfulness. And her friend, the doctor, resented that inadequate salary that she received. And one day he built up the courage to talk to her and said, let's get a cup of tea together. And he began to talk to her and said, nurse, why don't you make them pay you more? It's ridiculous that you should work for so little. And she raised her eyebrows ever so slightly and she smiled and she says, I have enough to get along. No, really, he protested. You ought to have an extra pound or two a week at least. God knows you're worth it. And there was a pause and her smile remained and it was as if her spirit lifted. And she said, Doctor, if God knows I'm worth it, that's all that matters. Somebody needs to be encouraged today. He says, you're not forsaken. He sees you where you are. And he wants you to know your world may be shaking all around you. But he's got you in his hands. Sometimes you have to take the shaking that is happening. And turn your focus and your attention on him. Sometimes you have to stop and take a deep breath and realize that the reason... You're not where you thought you would be about now. Just might be because God's got other plans for your life. I've heard it estimated that the most direct route from Egypt to Canaan was about 11 day journey at best. But if you know the story, you know it took them some 40 years to make an 11-day journey. I feel like that's the, the road I'm on sometimes. How about you? 40 years for them to get where they were headed. 
There's an estimated one million that started off on the journey that did not make it to Canaan yet. This preacher this morning, hopefully I've not made a mess, Pastor. Don't be part of the one million, my friend. Don't be the one that goes back to Canaan land. I mean to Egypt, sorry. Don't be the one that turns back and says, I I just can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I, for one, am so glad that God's a junk collector. I represent that remark. Why did it take him 40 years? That's the only conclusion I can come to, Pastor. Is that it was their inability to trust their God. Would you stand with me? Their journey was full of idolatry. It was full of murmuring. It was full of complaining. It was full of disunity and it was full of selfish desires. But devil, I've come this morning to tell you, I may be shaken, but I am not forsaken. Church, I am absolutely convinced that we are about to see an incredible outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We are about to see a book of Acts explosion in the apostolic world and beyond. I believe that we're beginning to see churches of other faiths that are going to be so hungry for what God has for them. A book of Acts revival. And if your world is being shaken today, hear it one more time. He has not forsaken you. What you need is your own book of Acts experience. What you need is to get on your knees and repent of your sins and ask God to forgive you. Make up in your mind you're going to follow the biblical model and be baptized by immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And I promise you, as you become a worshiper of him and you begin to cry out to him, he'll fill you with a gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in a language you had never learned. This is just the beginning of our journey to Canaan land. But I am not going back to Egypt I wonder right where you are if you would turn your box your outline into a family altar husbands wives would you begin to pray together children moms and dads would you begin to pray together would you begin to pray that no one within your home within your home nucleus goes back to egypt oh that the shaking that is going on would only be a reminder that we are not forsaken oh church would you begin to cry out to him right where you are i love you god and i adore you this morning i am 
so grateful, Lord, for who and what you are in my home, in my marriage, in my family. I thank you, Lord, for a mom and dad. I thank you, Lord, for children. I thank you, Lord, God, for a pastor and his wife that love me, that care for me. I make this commitment this morning, God. I'm not going back to Egypt. I've been shaken up, but Lord, I see it this morning. I am not forsaken because you go before me. You go with me. You make a way where there seems no way. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, God. We love you, God. Come on, that's it, family. That's it, Dad. That's it, Mom. Oh, <laughs> why don't you cry out for your lost mom? Why don't you cry out for your lost dad? Why don't you begin to believe that one day they're going to leave Egypt and they're going to be here pursuing Canaan land with you? Oh, my world's shaken, devil. You're right, but I'm not forsaken. My hope is in him. My trust is in him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the encourager is in the house. The healer is in the house today. Oh, do you feel him wrapping his arms around you? Do you feel him holding you up this morning? Oh, he sees it. He goes before you. Jesus' name.